Hello and welcome to Out and About in Malovians. I'm your host, Jeremy Barker. As part of my job as a member of the Scottish Parliament, I get to travel around Malovians, meeting interesting people and hearing about how the companies, charities and projects that they work for benefit and contribute to our community. On this podcast, I will share their stories. On today's episode, I'm really excited to be talking to Keith Ferguson, who works for Hearts Football Club. Well, I'm really excited uh, to be here in the heart of the Glovian Players Lounge, uh, talking about football and, and disability. And I'm joined uh, today by, by Keith. Keith, do you want to just tell us a wee bit about who you are and, and, and what you do here um, at the heart of Scottish football? Yes, well, we're very pleased to have you along today, Jeremy. Um, yes, I, my name is Keith Ferguson. I'm the Disability Access Officer for Heart of the Lothian. I've been doing this role for about four or five years. Um, I also informally sort of chair all the disability access officers in Scotland. Yeah, so actually really help. And, and so, obviously, people can't see you, but I, I do know that you've got a disability yourself. So, wouldn't you just tell us a bit about yes. your, your, your own disability? Yeah, I have, I'm a uh, below limb double amputee. Um, I've uh, due to congenital problems, um, so, and I've had it all my life, so I'm well used to it. Um, but in this role as a disability access officer, being a person who's disabled makes the job a lot easier because you understand all the problems and challenges that people have. Now, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm biased. This is the best football club for me in the whole world. How did you, what's your connection with Hearts? How did you kind of come, come along to follow Hearts? Um, well, since uh, since at secondary school, I've, uh, I've followed Hearts as a fan, um, and I eventually, in 1998, got asked to help out with the Hearts Disabled Supporters Club in 1998. 25 years later, I was still there. Um, so I always had connections with the club through that, um, and I go to all the games home and away, um, and... The, when the new licensing came out, um, uh, the UEFA insisted that clubs have disability access officers. Um, it was a natural fit for me to take on that role. Um, and it's worked very, very well. And I get excellent support from the club's hierarchy, right to the very top, including Mrs Budge. And obviously, I think people might be a bit surprised that, you know, these positions exist because it's kind of football is maybe seen as a kind of a person which maybe excludes disability from, from being able to go and watch it. Do you sense there's been a change in that kind of culture over the last number of years? Well, definitely. Um, and at one time, clubs provided very little uh, facilities for people who are disabled, and they tended to focus on facilities for wheelchair users. Um, but... As with other areas of society, a lot more people, you know, that are disabled want to be included and want to go here and there and everywhere, and so the clubs have m- moved forward. Um, and I think the biggest thing is to reassure the person that there's not going to be any hurdles. You know, they, they, they need to know about car parking, they need to know about accessible toilet, they need to know where they can get refreshments, all that information. And they need to know that in advance. And then when they see the hurdles are removed, then they come along and then they tell somebody else, 
people that I've been along to a game and, and you know, and it, it worked out fine. And and that and that, and I've seen the number of people who are disabled coming to the games increased. In fact, as I mentioned earlier, the number of applications this season from Hearts fans for season tickets or disability is is rocketed to just under a hundred. So that's the highest it's ever been in the time I've worked here. And, and what type of disabilities? Are people coming with you? I mean, obviously, there's lots of different types of disability. Can you give us a list of kind of what we would? Well, yes. Well, there's there's um, people with mobility issues, wheelchair users. Um, we have uh, quite a lot of fans who are partially sighted or blind. And we do provide audio descriptive commentary. Um, we also have uh, quite a lot of people who have learning difficulties. Um, and there is another group that I always put under the other uh, because someone will come along and the disability doesn't fit into one of the ones that are well known um, and so you know we, we deal with that on an individual basis. And, uh, and I think I'm right in saying that you know it, it's not a kind of you, you get labelled disabled I mean you're put in a certain part of the stadium you're actually spread across the whole of a stadium, or are they put into one area, disabled people? The wheelchair users, obviously, because that's a structural thing, have to go where those spaces are. And I would like to see um, some work done to improve the wheelchair areas in, in Tyne Castle. Um, but we don't have, uh, for anybody else, any rules or regulations as to where they sit. We do have, there's an organisation called the Rex Blind Parties. Um, who have groups all over Scotland and they had an area in the old main stand and they had a, a specific price and we honour that in the new stand. But basically, um, for example, somebody who's uh, partially sighted who wants to hear the commentary, they can choose to sit anywhere. They don't have to sit in a specific space because the equipment that we use, they can, they can sit anywhere in the stand. So it's very inclusive of what we're doing. Yes. But then if we have people who are struggling perhaps with stairs and things like that, we do whatever we can um, to find them a seat. Um, and if people, uh, it's suitable. And sometimes people uh, through maybe here for five, 10 years, and then suddenly something happens in their personal life and they need to move and they contact me and we always try and accommodate them as much as possible. Although it's getting quite tough due to the, the amount of season they get sold this year. Well, yeah, which is, you know, good news. Um, I mean, Again, you, uh, we were talking um, just before doing this, but uh, as you said a moment ago, it's very much a wheelchair, which kind of, you went back 20 years, yeah. everyone thought wheelchair, that equals disability. But when I was talking about hidden disabilities, things like autism, things like that, uh, and you were saying to me that you're trying to start looking at those type of disabilities, how we encourage people who want to come to be able to come. Yeah, well, I some of the clubs have put in place sensory rooms in their stadiums, um, and when they've done that, they've found out that the demand is huge. And so people can maybe go to one game a, a season and then somebody else takes a turn, which is a shame. Um, and I've, we wouldn't have a sensory room here because of the way the stadium's structured. We don't have any glass areas, windows looking out of the way. So we, would, we want to put in place a, 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 an area, a room, where people can go if they need a break uh, and take some time out. And when I 
sent out something on social media and decided to have a meeting and get people's opinion. And I was really surprised the amount of people that came that came along to the meeting. Unfortunately, that meeting was the week before COVID <laughs> hit us in March 20. And uh, so um, now that I'm back after being off, uh, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to revisit that. And the other thing that uh, is coming along is the, the big screens. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of people say, well, what, what use are they, what, you know, what are they used for? Well, they're obviously used for information, advertising, but it will be a big help to our fans who are hard of hearing or deaf because they will be able to see the, the details of the team's information. And hopefully it never happens, but if there was an evacuation requirement, they would see that on the screen. So that's a big plus for that group. Now, you mentioned, uh, again, a few minutes ago, UEFA, and uh, for the first time in a number of years, um, hearts are back into your guaranteed dreams until Christmas, mm -hmm. um, in one form or another. Um, do you coordinate that as well? Is that part of your role to talk to the European clubs as well? Uh, yes, well, I know that the, the club have already had some contact with UEFA, and once it was known that we would be playing right up until Christmas, and UEFA have asked, do you have a disability access officer? Because um, that's essential. And once we know who we're playing, um, then I would be making contact with them um, to support any of their travelling fans who are disabled and also to find out what's available for any of our fans who want to travel. And there does seem to be quite a few fans, arts fans who are disabled, who do want to make one or two trips. Um, so as soon as we know who we're playing, we'll, we'll make contact. And again, just coming back to Scotland, I mean, you said that you coordinate here that the clubs, and I think almost every club now within the Scottish Premiership would have a disability person like yourself. And is, is it quite a good coordination? So, you know, if I'm going up to Aberdeen or going across to Glasgow, if there was quite a lot of conversations happen to facilitate away supporters as well. Yeah, yeah, there's a, uh, there's a lot of good networking. Actually, all the clubs have a disability access officer in the SPFL. Okay. Um, many of the smaller clubs, you know, it's a volunteer, um, but we all uh, meet up on a regular basis and share information, um, and th that, that works really, really well. So, you would be encouraging, you know, someone who has a disability who would want to start following football, that to contact you. H how do they go about it if they want to come to Tiny Castle? Well, my details are on the the website. Um, tells the my contact details and what days I'm here in the ticket office. Um, and I think a lot of people who maybe have a disability and want to come to a football game are wary about who they want to talk to. They maybe want, in order to find out how to get here and get support, they maybe have to disclose some personal information. Um, so I think the fact that they can come on to the disability access officer, and if they know that that person's also disabled, they feel more comfortable in asking questions and t telling you what they want. And my attitude is, you know, whatever the situation, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best and, um, and to get you in one way or the other. Um, and I get many requests for odd games from, from people with various disabilities um, and we always ma manage to accommodate them somehow. Um, 
And when people know, you know, this is in place, that's in place, then they're far more relaxed and they're more comfortable to come out again. And just moving back to the football side for a moment, mm-hmm. Keith, uh, I, I haven't asked you this, so you might want to do a bit of quick thinking. You've been following the football for a long time, uh, probably about as long as I have. Favourite Hearts moment? If you could live one, one moment again, what would it be? Well, I suppose I would have to say the 5-1 victory over the Bernie <laughs> in the cup final, although I do have a lot of Ibs fans, <laughs> friends that are fans. I would, I would uh, uh, say that was probably the highlight, but there's been many ups and downs throughout the years. Um, so, But that would probably be the one I would choose. And we won't mention Dens Park back in the 1980s. Uh, no, and I was there. So I was there as well. I was there, so yes, yeah. remember it well. So, what, so what's your hope you know, for the season ahead? You know, we've obviously had one game, one victory, big game come up, up on Saturday for the High Bees. Mm-hmm. Um, can Hearts hit third place again? Can we get into cup finals? I don't think there's any uh, reason why not. And they've obviously extended the pool of players and tried to buy quality players. And obviously the Scottish Cup final and semi-final would earn us some money as will the European competition. Um, so there's no reason why we can't uh, challenge. Obviously, it would be nice to break the old firm dominance, but uh, that's a tough one. But um, we'll, 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 it's early days, we'll see. Um, but I would be hopeful that we could, um, you know, keep going and get to the place again. Great. Keep, thanks very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Um, and I wish you and the club great success uh, for the year ahead. Okay, thanks very much. It was great to hear from Keith. It's so encouraging to see a club taking accessibility so seriously. We'll put a link onto their website in the show notes that you can go to if you want to find out more. Thank you for listening to Out and About in Malorians, and I look forward to catching you next time. <laughs> <laughs>